Take your Bible tonight. I want to use one verse. I was thinking about it this afternoon. And the presents and everything. People are opening presents. And, and John chapter 3, verse 13, uh, 16. John 3, 16. I love this verse. I uh, never will forget leading a lady to the Lord several years ago and leading her to the Lord she made the statement to me I, I used John 3.16 in talking to her and uh, she said I have never heard that verse before never heard that and I thought to myself as I read it to her and heard her say that she'd been in America all these years she's way up in her age and she'd never heard John 3.16 I'd just like to read it to you for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I suppose I remember this verse more. One time I was trying to, uh, I was preaching right after Christmas on the gifts, or talking about the gifts that we receive, and the greatest gift of all, of course, to all of us, and especially this day that we're celebrating today, Christmas Day, is a gift of God's own Son to us. And when you get to thinking about it, I suppose every child that has ever been attended Sunday school has probably memorized this verse. Most everyone agree that John 3.16, I suppose, is one of the greatest verses in all the Bible. And I believe there's two main reasons for that. First of all, no other verse is full of the gospel as this one verse is. There's only 25 words in John 3.16. It contains a complete survey and declaration of God's plan and provision for the salvation of every soul of man, woman, and child. What a great verse. Secondly, no other verse has been used so much as to lead people to save the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. It's simple, the truth is clear, it's plain, and this one verse is a synopsis of the gospel. In this verse, if you take the first letters of God, which is G, and only, which is O, begotten, which is S, Son, and then P for perish, and you have everlasting, you take an E, starts with life, L. You have the very word gospel spelled out. If you use the very first words in all of those, the first letters in all those words, the only begotten Son of God, gospel. And we're living in the days of the biggest uh, of everything, the best of everything, the best car, the best team, the all-star, you go on and on, all you hear anymore is the best. And we don't have the, to be, we don't have to exaggerate to show how great John 3.16 is. Five great truths that prove this point out in John 3.6. Number one, this verse tells of the greatest love. John 3.16 begins with, for God so loved the world. I deal with people all the time, and they say to me, Preacher, nobody loves me. 
and nobody cares if I live or die. And I can always come back to John 3.16 and say, yes, they do. God loves you. Number two, because this divine love is taught here. It's God who is doing the loving here. Human love is a wonderful thing, as we all know. The love of a mother is very unusual. The love of a wife, the love of a child is simple and sweet. Last night, all of my family was around, and the least one in the whole bunch, uh, Ricky's little son, he was down there, and uh, he was—he just learned to get around on his feet. He just for walking. And my son was on the other side of the room, and that little boy would look around at my son, and, and they was carrying on, and it really thrilled Kenneth that that little boy was playing with him. And I thought, you know and what tickled me about all of my family, that they all love one another. They play with one another, kids, just like they're theirs, you know. And I thought, isn't it something, the love of a child? All human love, though, is conditional. But God's love is pure and holy. God's love is perfect because God is love. It's the greatest love in the world because God loves everybody and everyone. We can't love everybody. For instance, uh, you bother my wife and my children. I'm sorry, but I ain't going to like you. Amen? You just think about that for a minute. I can't love a murderer. I can't love a, a rapist. And I can't love a homosexual. And I can't love a woman beater. And you could go on and on mentioning people that does terrible things. And you say, well, I want to love them. But in reality, you can't love them like God loves them. But I know one thing. God loves them. There's never been a human being that God ever made that He didn't love. For the simple reason, John 3.16 says that God so loved the whole world. Human love is imperfect. But God's love is divine and perfect. God loved people all colors, creeds, and ages. God loves the world. Why? Because God created the world. You think about it for just a minute. There's never been a human being that's in this world that God didn't create. And that's why He loves them. An old Hebrew uh, hymn goes like this, I'm so glad that our Father in heaven tells us of love in the book He has given. Wonderful things in the Bible I see. This is the dearest that Jesus loves me. John 3.16 tells of the greatest love in all the world. This verse tells of the greatest possible gift. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now, God can't, cannot give greater gifts than this. God's love for mankind expressing the greatness of this gift. This gift was the greatest God could bestow upon us for two reasons. Number one, first, because God gave His Son. Galatians 4, verse 4. This verse plainly says, God planned in eternity past age before man was ever on the face of this earth that God so loved and was going to send His Son. And at the right time, He did send Him. Secondly, it's the greatest possible love because Jesus is God's only begotten Son. Now, it's sort of like a preacher uh, that I was listening to. He was talking to a farmer about giving. And he went out to visit him. He said to uh, farmer so-and-so, uh, if you had a hundred dollars 
would you give ten to it to the church? He said, now, preacher, you know I'd do that. He said, if you had a $1,000, uh, would you give $100 to the church, preacher, uh, for the farm? He said, now, you know I'd do that. I'd be glad to do that. He said, if you had two pigs, would you give one of them to the church, farmer? He said, now, that ain't fair, preacher. You know I got two pigs. <laughs> I thought about that a lot. God only had one son that He could give. You think about that for just a minute. And God did this for you and I according to Matthew 21, verse 33 through 39. Now, what a gift God gave to us, His only begotten Son. Think about that for a moment. This verse tells us the greatest possible plan. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why? That whosoever believeth in Him. That's a great plan. Amen? This is God's method plan for salvation. For men, women, boys, girls, doesn't make any difference. How are we saved? By believing. Two reasons here. Because we all know what it is to believe and trust. We need to add in the uh, reading that paper ad says church starts at 9.45 11 a.m. 6 p.m. We believe it. You know why? People show up. So it's proof they believe it starts at that time. Now, geography books say Russia exists. I don't know about you, but I ain't never been to Russia. But I believe it exists. Amen? Now the truth is, all know what it is to trust and believe in. God chose that way unto salvation in Jesus Christ. Just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's the greatest plan because we can all believe and trust in Jesus. If we had to have a thousand dollars, I know a lot of people don't have that kind of money. If you had to do some mighty thing, I couldn't do it. So God made it easy. But we can all believe and trust. Now, John 5, verse 24 says, If you believe, that's a plan. What a wonderful plan. This verse tells us the greatest possible deliverance. This verse says, I shall not perish. On the other hand, if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are perishing. And one day you'll perish forever. Two reasons again, because it offers immediate safety. You get His watchful care because it offers eternal security. Romans chapter 8, 35, 39 verses says, We're saved by the grace of God from everything. Lastly, this verse tells us the greatest possible possession. I like this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I heard a man say one time, I was listening to him, and he knew a lot of Greek and, and uh, Hebrew, and he said, if you take that little word how, it's, it's a now possession verb. It means you got it right now. You don't wait to get to heaven to have it. It's a possession. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, and this is the record, that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that has a son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. Now, here it is. Do you have Jesus by faith? Have you received Him as your Savior? Uh, who are you trusting and believing in to take you to heaven? All is given in that one little verse. Listen to this. 
For God so loved the world, that's you and I, anybody, that He gave His only begotten Son, that's Jesus, the greatest gift of all, that whosoever, that gives everybody a chance, should not perish, that's protection, but have everlasting life. What a future we got looking forward to. Amen? And all because of John 3.16, God so loved the world and gave. And you know what? Last night I was sitting around watching them open the gifts and watching them open, uncovering the gifts. And my uh, daughter-in-law, uh, she gave me a beautiful jacket. And, and But she had that thing wrapped up, as most beautiful wrapping and carrying on. I said, good night, I hate to unwrap this thing. And I looked around at all of them unwrapping gifts all around, and I got to thinking, the greatest gift that man could ever receive is the Lord Jesus. John 3.16. How simple. And how profound words is there and promises God made to us. Amen. We're very fortunate, aren't we? God's good to us. Pray with me, will you please? Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for everyone that's here tonight just to rejoice in the fact that You gave Your Son we celebrate. Like one man made a statement on the radio today, Lord, that we ought not even be celebrating Christmas. We don't know what day Jesus was born on. For Father, it don't matter what day He was born. This is the day we chose to celebrate His birthday. And we do pray, Lord, and thank You for Your great gift of salvation. We rejoice in it. And to sit around with our family during this time of year and rejoice in the fact, as far as I know, Lord, I've got a chance to lead every one of them to Christ. They're all saved already, except the little ones, and they're protected by Your grace till they get to that age. And I pray, dear God, that when they get there, they will have the unction of the Holy Spirit to take time and lead them to saving faith. Bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you very much for coming tonight.